want to welcome y'all in to the pertinent podcast, The Wire. We're going to break this thing down like a fraction on Thomas Merritt. Uh, first thing I want to do is give a shout out to a few folks. Uh, my man Gerard Warren helped me out with the podcast. Uh, he has a podcast. What's up, Tink? Uh, he helped me out, uh, Gerard Warren, so I want to say thank you to him. Uh, Rodney Doc Taylor, uh, he's somebody that uh, <laughs> we go back and forth for uh, talking about the wire, uh, something that we love. What's up, Mark? And uh, in fact, uh, Doc Taylor had a, a DVD set of the wire that he lent to a, a fellow basketball official because we referee basketball. And uh, somehow he, he never got it back. So I got to check back with Doc and find out if he ever got his DVD set back, even though we got all kind of platforms now. Uh, what's up, Ken? Uh, yeah, I want to see see if he done, he done got his DVD set back. Uh, but yeah, we got all these platforms now. I uh, also want to thank uh, Vaughn Taylor, uh, uh, sending uh, some info to her and uh, Ronell Bonet. Uh, both of them, I sent them some stuff to help me out and see if I should get this thing started. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the other folks that's doing a podcast on The Wire. I know uh, Jamel Hill and Van Lathan, they, they doing one right now. Props to them. They getting paid for it. I ain't getting paid. So if y'all want to send me some money, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, now I do mine for free because I mean I, I I love this show, and uh, since y'all are on here right now, um, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a backstory on how I got hooked. But the question I have for you guys right now, uh, I want to know how you guys got hooked onto the wire and when it was. <laughs> Ken, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's called talent right there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the main question I want to find out from you guys is uh, how you got hooked and who it was that got you hooked on it or how you heard about it. And so while you're doing that, I'll go ahead and give you my testimony. Uh, so I was I got my orders. I was in the Air Force and got my orders to Minot, North Dakota from California. I was stationed at Vandenberg and unfortunately, yeah, I had to go up to the great white state there. What's up, Mark? So Ken, you, you saying that you started it back in 2002? Hey doc, welcome doc. I just talked about you earlier. You had to go back and listen to it. So uh, I got orders to Minot, North Dakota. So I get up there. It's 2004. I get in there. And so when you get that new uh, prescription, they give you with HBO. So three months. And I had a Dish Network. And that's when HD had first came out where they had the, they were showing Antarctic and all that. You know, that stuff was all crystal clear. <laughs> Dang, 12th grade? <laughs> all right. <laughs> what's up Chris so <laughs> I'm in uh, up at Minot North Dakota 2004 and I get this HBO for three months and I'm sitting there one night and I think it was about probably like 10 o'clock 
And so now, of course, I know which episode it was, which season it was. But, you know, back then I had seen it and I was just like, I was like, man, what is this? The Wire. And so it was season three and it was episode seven. And so I'm like, man, what is this? And obviously I I liked it because I'm originally from Miami and I grew up down there in in my my younger years. I was like, okay, now this is cool because it's, it's, it's showing both sides. It's showing the police side, it's showing the criminal side, it's showing everything as far as leadership at the city level and, and above governor level. What's up, Rose? So, yeah, it's, uh, it was it was real interesting. So the, the funniest part about it is is like I said, I'm at Minot, North Dakota. And if you don't know, well, maybe you probably do now, but North Dakota is mostly like 95% white, except for the people that's in the military most likely. And so I'm sitting there like, how how can I get the first two seasons? And so back then, I don't know if y'all know, but uh they had this thing called Blockbuster. And so Blockbuster, I called them up the next day and I said, ain't no way they're going to have the wire in there. So I called them up and they said, uh, yeah, we have season one and season two. What's up, Steve? So they said, uh, yeah, we got season one and season two. And I was like, <laughs> I said, I'm on my way. <laughs> so I went down there and, uh, I rushed, even though I didn't have to, and uh, I got the first two seasons, and I'm telling you right now, (laughs) yeah, Chris, I'm talking about Blockbuster, I went down to Blockbuster and got season one and season two, and you know how people had them on Lay's potato chips, you can't, you can't just eat just one, and that's how it was with the wire, the DVD player, I was putting it in there, and I start season one, episode one, bam. I was like, okay, the target. I'm like, all right, bam, the detail. I was like, bam, the buys. I'm like, all right. I said, okay, man, this, okay, two, three o'clock in the morning. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I'm telling you that it was less than two weeks that I watched both seasons. And so that had me hooked right there. And of course, y'all know that it, it grown since then, and it's actually gotten better. But like the storylines and everything about it is still relevant. So those that that got on late, uh, one of the first things I asked was, "How did you get hooked onto the wire? Was it anybody that got you hooked?" Um, that that was the question that I asked at the beginning. So uh, Ken, he already chimed in with with his. Uh, let me see if I can go back and see. In 12th grade, good God, back when it was first there, 2002, Brian Webb, is that what you meant to say, Brian, Brian Webb, okay, hey, what's up, Red, so, that was the backstory on me, Uh, Minot, North Dakota, within two weeks, bam, now, I had been watching HBO and had seen Oz, y'all remember Oz? So the prison show, 
and uh, I had actually seen the corner. So the corner is actually a precursor to the wire. In fact, there's a lot of actors that's in the corner uh, that's obviously in the wire. Now, at the time, when I started watching The Wire, I didn't go back and say, oh, yeah, I done seen. But like now, <laughs> anything that's out there, like I just got finished watching Bosch. Man, anytime a wire actor comes up there, I'm like, bam. I'm like, yeah, okay. I was like, I, I know them. <laughs> hey, what's up, Jeff? Yeah, Red, I, I told uh, Gerard that I should have just went uh, the radio because I, I, yeah, I got that face for radio, but he said to go on and do it if people ain't paying attention. So, uh, <laughs> what's up, Doc? What'd you say? He was an HBO guy from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Oz in the corner, yeah. So, Doc, did you actually start watching The Wire from 2002? That's what I need to know. Hey, what's up, Franklin? Freeman? My man, BJ. All right, Jeff. So, yeah, they had, uh, what else they had? Um, Doc Oz of the corner. Oh, and what, do y'all remember Banging in Little Rock? <laughs> they had Banging in Little Rock. I was like, what? And uh, I think when that came out, I was stationed at Barksdale. So I was in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana at that time. So that, that was right up the street. I could have went up to Arkansas. So we got Ken that said that he started 2002. I guess Doc did too. So anybody else out there? <laughs> the Barksdale corner. <laughs> Doc from day one. Oh wow. All right, Doc. Okay. One of the uh, amazing parts about about the wire now is it's actually being taught in college classes. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. But yeah, they're actually teaching it in class. In fact, I, I was about to take some more classes too. And, uh, but they said uh, Baltimore Community College, well, they had already started online classes. I was going to do some, some macroeconomics. Hey... What's up, Ronell? I talked about you at the beginning, so you had to go back and watch it. I'm going to have it on uh, Spotify tomorrow. I got to do some editing and stuff. I'm going to learn all this tech stuff. All right, Freeman. Let's see. I've started the first season on the first episode. So back in 2002. Okay. Hey, y'all pray for Jeff. The man said he ain't seen it. Oh, Lord. Lord, Jeff. Mm, mm, mm. Well, Doc Taylor, uh, you, need, <laughs> you need to uh, uh, let him borrow the uh, DVDs from your boy <laughs> if he still got them. All right, so Red, you didn't say how you got started. Uh, Jeff, you got time because uh, we're gonna we're gonna start the first episode, 11 May. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna do one more uh, pilot uh, next Monday at nine o'clock. We're gonna do a pilot and uh, do some more talking on that. And then 11 May, so y'all got homework to do. 
I know you weren't expecting to come on this podcast and have homework, but you got homework. Okay. You have to watch the first episode on the 11th of May or before that, actually. So that way we can discuss it. We're going to break it down like a fraction. (laughs) He kicked Jeff out. (laughs) Jeff don't count. (laughs) Oh, that's messed up. It covers family all the way to politics and me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, BJ. That's right. That's why I love it because it embraces it all. Socioeconomic status, all that. What do you say? BJ used to cancel HBO when the season was over and add it back. <laughs> you know, people doing that with another show that just ended, but I'm not mentioning that. All right, it's okay, Jeff. You got time to watch it. Uh, like uh, who somebody said, it's on Hulu now. Also, uh, it's on Amazon Prime. And then uh, if you don't have HBO, of course, it's on HBO. But yeah, Amazon Prime has it. First episode seven times. <laughs> okay, BJ. So uh, you said you've seen the first episode seven times. So who, who shot Snot Boogie then? What's up, Keith Cooper, my homeboy? What's up, man? So the original question I was asking was, uh, Keith, how did you get hooked on The Wire? When did you start watching it? And was it somebody that that put you on? Jeff ain't got none of those. (laughs) Get out of the warden's office. (laughs) What's up, Gerard? Good job this evening, sir. Be telling folks that. <laughs> okay, BJ, well, message me then since you know. <laughs> hey, you. All right. What's up, Pam? Jeff, did you just say, is it as good as Oz? Man, you you about to get kicked out for real. <laughs> yeah, like Gerard said, it's way better. You started, let's see, Keith Cooper said he started watching it on his own. So did you did you watch it in 2002 or was it later on and then you went back and, and binge watched it? <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah Jeff going to get booted for sure. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention that. I'm welcoming y'all to the pit, as you can see right here. I got the orange couch. Like, I couldn't find a real orange couch, so I went ahead and just printed this off for y'all. So, yeah, welcome to the pit, baby. Dang, Jeff. Two thousand two, bought the DVDs. Okay, good. See, I don't feel as bad now. I'm telling people I was at Blockbuster. All right, so one of the things I wanted to tell y'all, there's a a Facebook group. I I, I think I invited y'all. You have to answer three questions. It's uh, The Wire, all in the game, yo. And once you try to get in, they got three questions for you to answer for you so you can join.
we keep talk plays. Yeah, we we gonna talk about the first the first episode on uh, on 11 May. So that's the play we gonna talk about. So you had to go back and watch it and then find out who shot Snot Boogie. And then you gotta ask him why they let him play. Oh yeah, Michael B. Oh yeah. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Now, one of the other things you might not know is that uh, Michael B. Jordan was also in The Sopranos. Yep. Yeah, he's blowing up now. Remember all them shows, Black Panther, all that? What's up, Los? Welcome to the pit. So the question I asked earlier was, hey, what's up, Vanessa? So the question I was asked earlier, how did you guys get hooked on the wire? And uh, who put you on and when did you start watching it? Jason, what's up, man? So, Gerard, I had gave you props at the beginning, so you had to go back and listen to it tomorrow on Spotify. But, yeah, I gave you props at the beginning. All right, Lowe's. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, break down uh, each episode. Uh, I know there's a... Uh, another podcast that's going on now but uh, I know at least 50% of my friends on Facebook uh, have watched The Wire except for Jeff of course but that's why I call an associate and so we're going to break down uh, each episode starting in season 1 so on 11 May um, we're going to start with Snot Buggy and next week, what we're going to do is uh, we're just going to do a, uh, another intro. Met Slim and Applebee's. Hmm. Oh, you met Slim at Applebee's 2004 in Maryland. Okay. Thing about the old days, BJ, is they the old days. Alright, Los. You said I watched it originally, it can't. So you started it back in 2002 also? Wow. Alright, I'm kind of surprised. I thought there would have been more people that would have that went back and binge watched it. Jeff, <laughs> not your friend. Said <laughs> Slim really talked like that? Yeah. What's up, Reggie? My third time around, season two, episode three, right now. Yeah, Los, I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm like BJ. I'm, I don't know about six. I think I'm on six or seven. I just finished it, I think last year, uh, another round of it. But uh, yeah, this this time I'm gonna break them down. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's a, so addicting. Ronell, 
started watching it overseas and bought the first season on DVD. Okay. <laughs> this is a Jeff talking about season. All right, so we're asking about how you got hooked and all that. Tell me who your favorite character is. And then what character you most connect to. Because it may be different, may be the same. <laughs> What's a DVD? <laughs> Best thing to watch in the summer when nothing else used to come on. <laughs> okay, Ken said Omar is his favorite character. I have to agree. That's that's one of the better ones. But Ken, you don't have a, a scar on your face. Let's see. Doc said he like. Oh, yeah. Go-Go Band. Yeah. BJ say he like boating. What's up, Vaughn? Welcome. Welcome to the pit. All right. So, yeah, Doc. Doc's from Maryland. So, he said uh, Slim goes by Big G, leads a, a DC Go-Go Band. Yeah, I'm not into that go-go stuff. Shake it, jiggle it. Nah. Nah, that, that New York stuff. Reggie, you said D. Reggie, you talking about D'Angelo? Can you couldn't be him? <laughs> yeah, Los. Yeah, McNutty is. <laughs> That's so funny too. They call him McNutty. That was funny when Bubs called him that. What's up, Steph? What's up, Darren? Thanks for coming to the pit. <laughs> Doc, I know Doc. What's up, Lala? What's up, Marvin? What was the question? Oh, the earlier question was, how did you get started on The Wire? Who put you on? When did you start watching it? That's a D'Angelo answer there, Reginald. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm aware this at camp. What's up, Al? I know you know about that area. Welcome to the pit. So, Al, what we are discussing is... Uh, when did you start watching The Wire? Who put you on to it? 
Alright, cool, BJ. Thanks, sir. Alright, Los. So then we was asking also who's your favorite character, who you most like. What's up, Polite? Reggie, you ain't, you ain't watched the show? Alright. Alright, Vaughn, so you watched it 2002? And you found it on your own. Okay. Boat is your favorite character? Yep, the game is rigged. Alright, yeah. So Omar and Bodie, those are two of the popular ones. So Vaughn actually they they have a a question that's going uh, I don't know if you've seen it on the Facebook group yet but they're talking about how many times Bodie spit in the show total so yeah we, when we had to go go back and watch it and then break down each episode you may have to count how many times Bodie spit I don't know if y'all tried to do that with the way he does it but. That, that's hard to do right there. I, I can't do it. All right, so we're finding out who your favorite character is and how you got hooked. So now I want to know, with the five seasons, they have way down in the hole that they play before every show. So I, I want to know which season is your favorite way down in the hole. For myself, my favorite is is season two, way down in the hole. That 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 sounds the best to me. And then season four is, is second. I like I like that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Vaughn, I know. Vaughn, I know. Man. Season one. All right, Jeff, we'll holla. Uh, Doc, I don't, yep, I mean, that's, yep, season one, okay. Uh, I don't like that, that one, as much. I know most of y'all are in the uh, in the group. I don't know if Ken. All right, Al. Let's see. Y'all was hanging out in the neighborhood. What is that? You need to wake up. wasn't in no street at that time. You were refereeing. So we were talking earlier about uh, watching Oz, uh, 
the corner and banging in Little Rock. Have y'all seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. Let me let me answer Al first. So Al, uh, I grew up in Miami, Al, and it was a single mom and food stamps, government cheese. Uh, we stayed at her work because we didn't have a place to stay. We stayed in her car a few times. So uh, people think. Everybody grow up a certain way just because of their skin color. That's incorrect. Uh, so I have an, a certain understanding that um, when I watched The Wire and then I got my degree in, in psychology, a lot of the stuff that went on, I was like, it just related back to growing up and, and to look back on that show and then how the impact and what it's had on society. As I said before, they're teaching it in college classes now. But all the socioeconomic makeup, all that stuff intrigued me. And then, of course, them showing both sides, showing the side of, of the criminals and then showing the criminals that are in politics. So uh, that was very interesting to me. That's... Uh, and... It's have I guess having this more time and and seeing my man uh, Gerard he started a a podcast I didn't know anything about this I I, I just set it up uh, a few days ago so I, I didn't know I was gonna do it I had talked to Doc Taylor uh, Rodney Taylor there about it and uh, I said we should do one together and he was like nah I was like okay well I want to do it because I, I like talking about the wire and just all the episodes is just the way it, it made me feel watching the show and now I'm like Doc like Doc said he hate to see <laughs> that closing music would come on man oh I hated that part like I hated it and it it, it was really bad when I was doing the binge watch when I, I was in season one and season two putting those DVDs in what's up Brandon so I kept, <laughs> I kept putting them in it. And then, yeah, I'm like what Doc said. The music would come on, and I was just like, oh, no. And then, okay, now I got to watch the new new one. So, and I, and I hated when it ended, you know, season five. I just, and, and just to think about hearing all the stuff that they had to go through at the beginning where they did season one, and then they was going to cancel it. So it was gonna be done. In fact, they was gonna uh, they were supposed to kill Kima, and, uh, and HBO put a, a kibosh on that against what David Simon uh, wanted to do on it. Which I, I'm kind of glad because uh, a lot of stuff that went on after that we'll, we'll get to it. But it was it was hard with the funding, and to be perfectly honest. The reason why it didn't get a lot of play because you know who wants to watch a show like that and why because it's predominantly african-american and so that's why he was struggling to get the funding and so why am i talking about the wire because i, I love the show 
and I know there's other people that love the show and love talking about it. We have a Facebook group, as I mentioned before, it's called The Wire, All in the Game, yo. Uh, you have to answer three questions and uh, to join the group. Yvonne just joined. I had invited her, I think, last week. And uh, it, it just a lot of stuff that comes on there. You you have to be quick with your comebacks on it. Uh, sometimes you may have to look up stuff because you, you don't want to be wrong in what you're saying. You want to make sure you have the right information. So it, it's a really fun group. There's only about five thousand people in it, and uh, it, it's it's interesting. I ain't watch it yet. I'm gonna start it soon. Okay, Brandy, that's cool. Uh, I mean, I'm sure your dad has told you about it. But uh, on the uh, 11th of May, we're gonna break down the first episode. Uh, next week, we're gonna um, just meet up again and uh, do some talking about what we like. Uh, or we may may try to go ahead and, and start season one. So Doc said. <laughs> wait until the following Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm, I'm so glad that I had that chance to binge watch. But of course, after I did season one and two, I was in the same shoes as you. So yeah, I <laughs> saying I was in the same shoe. I got done with them, them two discs and returned them back to, to Blockbuster so I don't get charged a late fee. Then I had to wait till the next week. Hey, what's up, Corey? That's my old barber there. I just I just cut mine earlier today. Yep, I'm so welcome y'all to the pit, Corey. We was talking about uh how you first got hooked onto the wire did you start at the beginning did somebody put you on to it uh also for the others that's on uh who's your favorite character baldy <laughs> yeah i got more on the chin So I'm interested to see how uh, other people perceive the episodes and what they like and dislike and, and certain things that happen. Doc, well, Vaughn, I didn't know either. I didn't know you was a Wire fan, so I mean, we just never got to it. I didn't, I don't know when me and Doc we talked about that. I don't know, that was some years ago. But it's funny in in the group on the, uh, Facebook, everybody wants to show what they know, what they remember. Cause there's some wireheads.
<laughs> oh yeah, Al. Yep. Yeah, I knew about that. So I'm gonna give you a little history. Uh, myself, my uh, aunt, uncle, and cousin uh, used to stay in the Highlands area. Uh, be more. So, Doc, Al, you sh- you should know where that that part's at. So yeah, I um, I was there when uh Melvin was out there on the street. Of course, I I didn't see him. Uh, I wouldn't remember if I did. So yeah, I was in, I think it was the summer of '84. I was up there because it was during the Olympics uh, in LA. But yeah, I was there the whole summer and be more. So yeah, and I, I really enjoyed it there. Yep, Vaughn's from, yep, Chicago, Chi-Town. Yep, he, well, you got your, your show that's on out there now, so. Fort, Fort Lauderdale, wow. I guess you, you wasn't listening when uh, Gerard was talking about bringing folk down, huh? <laughs> See, that's that's you. <laughs> that's one. That's you right there. <laughs> Gerard just talked about that. <laughs> okay, Corey. So Omar was your was your favorite. Yeah, I thought that was a, a interesting. Omar was an interesting character, uh, especially the other part about him that back then was a. Uh, kind of a shocker I guess today people are more accepting of that I'm not from Baltimore I'm from Montgomery County with a rich wife <laughs> okay doc <laughs> oh wow <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, I was way south of Fort Lauderdale there partner <laughs> but good try though Bay, yep, that's an interesting character there. Yeah, I'd say uh, him and Chris and like Corey said, Snoop. Boy, those three right there. Mm-mm. I won't want to see them coming. I like uh, uh brother Muzon. That's that's a. Uh, that, I'm gonna tell you my favorite scene of the whole series is him and Omar in the alley. Bar none. That's I don't care any other scene. That scene right there with them two. That's the best scene. So, what's y'all favorite scene?
<laughs> man, <laughs> whatever, man. That's, <laughs> that's the pit right there, man. So, Doc, you saying you don't have a favorite scene? Come on, man. You just you gonna say all of it? this up <laughs> so Al and Rodney gonna argue about that so well I'll probably change it up now we'll, we'll go ahead on on the 4th of May and then we'll start with the first episode so we can go ahead and break that down I'll have some points for us to cover and see what you like and don't like. Stringer Bell finally got a taste of his own medicine. Yep, that, that was a good scene too. Mike and Snoop scene, yep. Yep, those are good too. Corey, that's not a Picasso, man. Alright, you want to see? Alright, see. See, that is, that's, that's some, uh, some good art right there but it's not Picasso alright well we'll go ahead and end <laughs> I appreciate y'all for coming checking out the pertinent podcast The Wire uh, it'll be available on Spotify tomorrow so uh, we're out what's up Bill we're just wrapping up man you can go back and watch it on Spotify tomorrow I'm gonna uh, do some editing and it'll be available Alright, so we're going to watch the first episode on next week, 1st of May, and break it down. Appreciate y'all. And remember, the game is rigged, man. Hey, you was listening to the pertinent podcast, The Wire. By Thomas Merritt. I was joined tonight by Vaughn Taylor. I appreciate her coming on, giving her insight. Uh, we was interrogating season one, episode two and three. And uh, we got caught off there at the 60 minute mark. So uh, the conversation got so good that I had to go ahead and put this uh, exit interview on our episode. So I wanted to say thanks again to her for uh, joining in with me tonight. And uh, breaking down episodes two and three. So be on the lookout on Tuesday. We're going to cover episodes four and five. And uh, that's the pertinent podcast, The Wire. So look forward to seeing y'all on Zoom on Tuesday. I want to welcome everybody to the pertinent podcast, The Wire. This one we're going to start off talking about. We're still in season one. We're going to go over episode two, the detail, and uh, also going to cover uh, episode three, 
the target. So I got uh Vaughn Taylor with me. Shout out to Vaughn. What's up, Vaughn? Hey, tell me what's up. All right, all right. So it starts off in episode two, if you can remember, that uh, they show the witness that was in the courtroom for D'Angelo Barksdale's trial. Uh, they start off with uh, Gant is on the table in the morgue because he he's dead. <laughs> so uh, they specifically mention that he's 41 years old with no wife and no kids. So that's going to come back later on. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. The uh, the thing they talk about is uh, they had the epigraph we discussed in the last uh, the last podcast where they have the little saying right at the beginning of the show, and so mm-hmm. this one is uh, from Marla Daniels: "You cannot lose if you do not play." So you remember she's sitting there talking to her husband about the situation that's going on, uh, about how he handled this detail. How's he gonna handle it? Right, with the um, the detective wife. Right. Yeah, lieutenant. Right, lieutenant. Yeah, I remember that. Right, exactly. So one of the things that I covered in the, in the last episode also is is that the director they're still using the CCTV because when they have the group that's going to their office, uh, once they walk into the front door, they go back to that CCTV cut, and so they're not actually filming them walking in; they're actually filming the CCTV that's watching them walk in. I just think that's pretty cool the way they did that. You remember that, Vaughn? When they walked in from they were they were walking in the uh the building to where they're they had to go downstairs into the dungeon that was their office. Yeah, to their yeah. office. Okay. So when they walked in the front door, yeah, they had the they have them on camera. And right. so instead okay. of them using the the shot to film them walking in, they're using the CCTV. So I, I just think that's a a cool way of doing that. Right, right. Like them, like they're the one on the scene instead instead of the actual camera crew. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they get down. <laughs> of course, they get downstairs, and <laughs> and you see, you know, how they feel about them by where they putting them. And it's well, absolutely. uh absolutely you're looking around and it ain't much <laughs> <laughs> like like they get down there and they got the cages with locks on it. I mean it almost kinda reminds me of uh, a dungeon in Game of Thrones. You know, it's just it's dark and dingy down there and it's like maybe one of the three dragons are down there or something. But Right and everybody looking around like what we do to get here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, of course, they, they walk in and hit the, the light switch. And, of course, the no light pops on. And it's like. Right. And then, and then you're looking at who was the, the guy that came down the stairs. They, they, and they got people working, like, right by them or something, right? Because the guy came downstairs and didn't know they was down. 
Yeah, once yeah, once they got in there, the guy goes, Are y'all from purchasing? And it was like, No. <laughs> and then you got the guys yelling in the background talking about, Hey, is it on? Right. <laughs> yeah, so right. they, they working on something down there, so you hear the clanging and the pipes and all that stuff and they trying to have a meeting. Right. Yeah. So you could tell what they thought about the the detail is uh yeah they didn't care much for for them. Right. I'm like that was a hell of an hour. <laughs> so uh, one of the other things that I I like that I, I had to look this up I, I remember it from in the wire group a few years ago we had talked about it because they had somebody in the group that was. Uh, either helping to to write or they were doing something with the show and I I asked them a couple questions about this because it happens later on too uh what I'm talking about is something that's called a match cut and what I mean by match cut if you remember McNulty's in there talking to Phelan the judge about uh the case and the judge cracks open a, a, a mustard packet and it, it spills onto his tie. He's standing up at his desk. Yeah. He's standing up, he's standing up at his desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And he, sp- he spills it on his tie and McNulty says, you missed a spot. Right after that, they go back into the dungeon, wherever they're at, and Santangelo is mopping the floor. And so... Mahone, the old, the old dude, white dude without the mustache, he goes, he tells Santangelo, you missed a spot while he's mopping. So that's what I'm talking about with a match cut is that they doing one thing in one scene and then they transition and the same thing is being said in the next. So it, it's just pretty cool the way they, they use that. And, creator, yeah, the the one that the one that happened last time, uh, the or the one that I was thinking about that happens later on. It's uh, Herc has a cup of coffee, and he's he's mixing the coffee up with the sugar and the cream, and it has that certain color to it, right? That caramel uh-huh. color, and then the next. The next uh, scene that they show is Bodie because he's in that he's in that youth youth boys home or whatever that he escapes from, and it shows him with the mop bucket. So it goes from the coffee to the mop bucket, but it's showing it's the same color. So that's another one of those match cuts that they come to. That uh, I just like how they did that. Episode two. So you did you happen to break down one? Yeah, we, yeah, one was last week. Okay. Let's see. So another thing that happened that was pretty funny is, you know, prayer shoots the wall. Right, and scared the heck out of everybody <laughs> and not knowing that that's the reason they got rid of him at the other place. <laughs> exactly. He did something similar. Yeah. <laughs> like right. Food. Right. 
And he said, I've got like he ain't did nothing. Exactly. Like it's normal. <laughs> like, okay. Like it's normal. What was what was interesting that happened right before that is is Daniels is talking to McNulty in the office. And of course he tells him, he says, Hey, he says, uh He says, Hey, go ahead and have a seat. Well, the thing about that scene is, is that there's only one chair in that office and Daniels is sitting in it, but he telling McNulty have a seat. <laughs> so right. you can tell he's pissed off at him. <laughs> uh, I had to cut it out. Yeah. 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 Yeah
Yeah, when they started uh, taking pictures, they have a saying, they talk about him, I know. And so that's interesting because that phrase gets used a lot throughout the series. And and, and you skip past this part. I just didn't looking at this, but then it it, it makes sense because like this, that's the game. It was just amazing how... uh, now, yeah, he did like tell that D'Angelo, you know what I'm saying? He did testify against him, right? Uh huh. And told him that he was the person he saw, and that right. point, that's why they ended up killing him. Right. Well, right. well, the reason that they killed him was to send the message, like he had already got off. That's, exactly. But see, that's what I'm saying. That's why that too. But then you go back. And you kill a woman. Yeah, that that's late. That later on. That later on. That later on. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. It just made me think about this because now it's coming on. It's coming in my head. It just didn't make sense to me because she didn't tell anything. Yeah. Yeah. See, but, all it happened in the first episode, so that's why. I, yeah. The way they got it, that happened in the first episode. It's gonna come on down the line, so. I was just thinking about it because I'm sitting up here watching it now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, they were talking about uh, when when Bunk is sitting there out in the pit. And, of course, one, one of the other scenes that I, I like a lot, too, is McDulty picks up the vial. And then the guy says, um... He says, "Oh, don't try to try to put that on me." And that, you know, Bodie had said, "Don't don't try to put that on me." And McNulty says, "He says, hey, Bunky. He says he thinks I'm gonna dirty him, you know, like put it on him and like try to charge him with it right. or whatever." And then he basically breaks it down and says, "Nah, he's like I'm, <laughs> so I'm about murders. I ain't, I ain't about no, no little minor charges and all that. I'm about the bodies." Right. Right. And so he he flips the vial to Bunk and says, he says, Bunk, vial for your thoughts. <laughs> I'm like, man, this stuff is too good. Right now, I'm, 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 I'm catching up with you now. Because it went back to the part you was talking about with the, uh, about the mopping up and the sandwich and different things now. All this, I'm, 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 I'm catching up. I'm catching up with you. So, uh, when they are out in the pit and then in Barksdale, uh, D'Angelo says, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm getting out of here and F you guys and all that. And he's like, they're like, no, you're not. It was like, they said, come on, go ahead and turn around. So, you know, they start to pat them down. Well, they got a couple of the uh, cars that are pulling up and it's, uh, yeah, they had to do that. Yeah. Stink them. Yeah, it was Stinkum and Weebay, and then you see uh, Stringer, right? And so he's like, "Well, we we going on take you downtown." But if you notice, you see that Bunk is over there with his notepad, and he's writing down the tag numbers. And so you you see that a little bit later when they get back to the station. 
when they start to do the uh, interrogation in, in room one. And that's when uh, Lieutenant comes in with Kima and is like, hey, you know, what's going on? And then again, he, he's trying to talk to McNulty because McNulty's just dirty. <laughs> Right. He's staying in trouble. The whole, and I noticed it, and I really didn't notice it until I watched it again, that he started off in trouble. Oh, yeah. From the jump, he was in the doghouse. <laughs> he was in the doghouse from the jump. Stayed in trouble. Because they was kind of on him about telling the judge so much. Yep. That's why they was on him, cause every time he turned around, he was in the judge office. And so when they get, they get, uh, they get in the interrogation before they go in the interrogation room. McNulty tells uh, D'Angelo, tells Daniels he got D'Angelo Barksdale in there, the nephew to the king. So you remember how they had the chess game when D'Angelo was breaking down to them the pieces? And no matter what, a king is still a king. Right, a king stayed a king, which is going to come up in the next next episode. But it's just interesting how they had talked about that in the, in the last in the first episode, and he's breaking down how how to play, you know, the chess pieces and all that. And then McNulty says that, and then he tries to tries to act like. McNulty does throughout the series like he's smarter than everybody and gonna sit there and say oh yeah Kima run these tag numbers that we got from down at the pit and so I don't I don't ever recall hearing this ever used again that they named it that Kima says Kima tells McNulty they already been in the canyon and I don't remember that ever being used again. That's the only time I heard it called the canyon because we call it, you know, the pit or the low risers. Right. But she called it down in the canyon, which I can understand that because uh, you already know that those those towers are, are CGI, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so the towers ain't really there. They're uh, computer generated. And so the low rises are the only actual things there. But I could see how if you have the towers, which in the book, truth be told, it says that there was actually eight original towers before they came down. So I could see how they would call it a canyon, but you never hear that. I never heard that again throughout the series. That's probably because she was new. That's probably something she got from wherever she came. You know, I had people had their own little sayings. Right, yeah, different area, yeah. You're right. Uh-huh. That's probably one of the little sayings that she had from wherever she came from. Because when she got there, she was new as well. Kind of. So I have, a, que- I have a question for you, Bomb. Okay. So, so Daniels, Lieutenant Daniels, goes into Rhonda Perlman's office. And... Mm-hmm. Perlman's office has a computer that's sitting up there. Do you remember what name computer it is? So I think this is 2002. Uh, I'm trying to see. <laughs> what was popular back then? Gateway. Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Gateway computer. <laughs> where they where they at now? 
So Lieutenant Daniels is, is crying to Rhonda uh, Perlman about the detail that he has, and, and she basically tells him make lemonade. So, so she's saying he got a whole bunch of lemons, so he gonna have to have to make lemonade out of it. Right. <laughs> well, it you know we hear the term humps, so like I had never heard that term before watching the wire. On what? Oh, I thought you. I thought you lost the sound. I'm looking at you. Right, you so. looking down at something. <laughs> so, another another scene that I was like, really? It goes back to McNulty. Is when they have when they find out that the witness got killed and so it's put in the newspaper. And so he gets a phone call that he needs to go, uh, you know, bunk calls him and tells him to go look at the newspaper. So this dude goes, gets up out his bed, goes out his apartment, goes up to the next floor and grabs the newspaper and basically steals it for himself. So he don't even have his own newspaper. He, he got to take it from somebody else that gets it. recognize game when he sees it though because when he he sees bubs and how he did the red hats how much money he gave him oh, and McNulty gave gave bubs how much money he gave him $20. yeah remember Kima said that he's like oh you're gonna spoil him with that yeah. yeah, well, he said he he, re, he recognized the game. He's like, hey, he's like, I like it with the red hats. You know, that was smooth. Right. Even though they, well, they wasn't going to give him more. They, that worked right there. $20 bucks. Now he was doing something. Right. But the thing about it is, like, even though, like, McNulty, like I said, he getting his little issues or whatever. But the thing is, he's been out there so long that he knows. You know what I'm saying? How they move, different yep. things like that. So that's why he was always on point. He knew what questions to ask and different things like that. It's like all of the 
just so happened that his uncle, you know what I'm saying, was the main. And so to me, it's like they tried to put him out there, but that really wasn't a life for him to me. And he just ended up forcing him out there. So he tried to do the best he could, but every chance he got, he broke. Did you like D'Angelo as a character? Did. It's just like he they made him like he was weak, Cam. Well, he was weak. I he mean, was like, <laughs> he was weak, but no, I mean, the way they had him portrayed, whereas it was like trying to make him be something that he wasn't, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and that was my thing because you know, Avon gave him responsibilities that he had, you know what I'm saying? That type of guy, he, he ain't got no business out there with the people but but the but the thing is but the thing is Vaughn as you go back to episode one some of the most simple things that you're supposed to abide by when you have a code is when he's riding in the car with Weebay and he starts talking and you said Weebay pulls over and tell him what's the rule exactly now you just talk about simple yeah you talk about simple basic rules of the game and he didn't he didn't even do that but I'm gonna tell you I, I ain't never like him yeah I ain't never like him I never like this character I, I ain't like him it's not so much it's not you know so much you don't like him you just like he flat out ain't got no business out there yeah, oh, man. And, and, and that, and that, but you know what? And you know what? You know what's crazy about his character? It has to put you in the same mind frame as Nate. He was, you know, saying where his mom tried to force him out there. That's a That's great the same point. Same way Avon was trying to do for D. It's like he's repeating himself. Okay, once D went out there, you got name and that don't have a clue. Ain't got no business out there trying to say nothing and do nothing, but you you forced to be out there. That's a great That's point. The same thing we do. That's a great point. You know what I'm saying? Because this his mom and you know it's um all them him, you know, trying to make him to a game to make him, and that wasn't for him. Yeah. He just ended up getting forced to there because of the, the the main thing is. Oh yeah. You writing a letter. What is you writing a letter for? If you didn't have nothing to do with something. <laughs> yeah. Why did you implicate yourself so you see the, the lawyer coming up smack him upside the head like you don't write no damn letter. <laughs> so now Vaughn. Now Vaughn. You don't want to sign nothing. Vaughn. You should have that damn letter crying. 
Now, Vaughn, you 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 think that Levy would have done that if that was Bird? No, but see, that's how he played him because he I'm just sitting there when I seen it. I'm just sitting there when I seen it. I was like, if if that was Bird in there, (laughs) you you think he would have slapped the bird in the back of the head like that? (laughs) But he but the thing about it is you got to know he wouldn't have had to do that because Bird was gonna to the bitter end, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. I'm, I don't have a So that, yeah. So that brings that brings me back. That that brings me back to another point about that match cut that I was telling you about. They use in the in the TV industry. They had Avon Barksdale up on the the board with his name on the card without the picture, right? And then they go from that and they shift to where Avon's talking to D'Angelo on the stairwell and talking right. about that same thing what you just said. Exactly. So, so that's why at that point, they going like, man, hush, because in a little while, you're going to make me second guess you, and you're going to be fake. Well, who, who, so, who was the one that started second guessing him? Stringer? Yep. Stringer. And my thing is, I, now that part I didn't like, but it happened in the game for real how Avon had got too comfortable. And trusting him with too much, and not like watching him. Yeah, we'll because we'll we'll get back we'll get back to that. Yeah. 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 Man, yeah. We'll get back. Your home, boy. Yeah, we'll get back to that later. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, okay, is there is there anything else from uh, episode two that stands out to you before we move on to episode three? No, we just get to the part we passed the interrogation. I don't know if we didn't get past that. I'm trying to figure out what else is going on. Okay, I got one question for you before we bounce you know, from. You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, we did. Another thing when we was talking about string that it happened in this episode. How he just. When he got out. No, 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 no. I'm behind Because that that was what, that's the problem that I had with Avon Barton. Is how you gonna let your side man put your nephew out there and put him in a position for them to walk up on him and, and, and end up taking him downtown? Because if you had let him go back to the other place, tower, they wouldn't have been able to get, get him and talk to him. But, but, but Avon and signed off on that, though, Vaughn. But no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. That's how you get too comfortable with your so-called quote-unquote side kid who out there making decisions that you have no clue about. That means you're not running your stuff as tight as you should. But, but no. You're the man. But, you're the man. No, a- now, Avon signed off on that. That was that was where he told him to go to because he messed up. I got you on that part, but when you put him out there when you know they constantly coming, you set him up to get picked up that shit. If he, you know what, in the real game, after something like that would have happened for a minute, then when he's been seen. Gotcha. I got you. Lay so low. I got you. Lay low. Cause, yeah. Because now you high. Right. So what we going to do is we're going to let you count the money. Yeah. We're going to keep you at the house or something that's until a, all this stuff got down. So that was the breakdown in the game right there. That, that's a valid point there. Yeah. Because yeah. you set them right out there because you know they constantly coming out there checking because you know that's where all the you know that's where all the business is at. You know that's where they got the people that's serving it. So that's the that's the that's the little part over there. Where Bodie and all the men. So you sit him down. Now where nine times out of ten they possibly gonna get raided or something. So the police gonna automatically have access to them down there. So why would you send them back down there fresh off a trial? Fresh off the lockdown. Come on. Yeah. So uh, the question I have for you from the from the uh, when you was talking about bunk and them that was doing the <laughs> that he came in with the picture of Gant's kids, which really wasn't Gant's kids. It was his kids. Do you remember their age, Vaughn? Well, um, it it was five, eight, and eleven, so it was actually Bunk's kid. So, um, all right, so we're gonna go ahead and we uh we done with uh, episode two, so we're gonna move on to episode three, which is uh the target and uh. The epigraph for this one is the King State of King. So that's what we were talking about, where D'Angelo breaks down to the pit crew about how to play chess. So you got you got Bodie and Wallace that are sitting there playing checkers with chess pieces. And this is what this is one of my favorite scenes of the whole 
of the whole series is how D'Angelo breaks down by each piece on what each piece does. How'd you like that, Vaughn? Well, for a chess player, yeah, but I don't, I don't really, it was cool, but I don't, I'm, you know, I've never been a two up on no chess, so I watched it and it made sense, but it didn't do nothing, you know, I just was looking at it because I'm not really a chess player, but it made sense. And what he did is he used it in a way to break it down to them how the game go pretty much but still gave them knowledge of that game right well yeah, I like man, yeah I like how they related the pieces and who they the game. they were yeah right who's who and this is how you go and this is who in charge and at the end of the day the king still got the power regardless of how he, how he move around the court you know the, the, the table or whatever whoever moves the king still a king so no matter how you look at it that's what he was trying to tell him or whatever right king stay the king regardless so how, you know the queen move and the, everybody else move no matter how you move that person in charge is still gonna be in charge regardless so right I, well i like i like the way they described the queen and related it to stringer because of all the moves that stringer was making so to me i've I, i've always liked I always liked Stringer. He was one of my favorite characters. And it's because of the way that he thought about the game. It wasn't just at the the low-riser pit level. He's thinking way above that level. And I see the way way you saying you like him, but dislike D, that's how I feel. I didn't like him. So you didn't I like Stringer? Like I, I didn't like. I just didn't like how he moved because he was a he's an any means necessary any means necessary type of guy right. to get what he trying to get to get what he wants. And the crazy part about it is, I bet you nine times out of ten. He could, he would have, like he did, low key was doing stuff to Avon to get what he needed. He didn't care who he got stepped on, whatever, to get what he was trying to get. He wasn't loyal to nobody. Right. And it got worse and worse. Well, he definitely Just made. He got he, yeah, he definitely he made mistakes. He made mistakes. There's no doubt about that. And there's there's certain yeah. stuff that he should have went through Avon for, and he didn't. He didn't do it. But exactly. at the so same time, a lot like of the stuff that he was doing, a lot of stuff that he was doing though, was very smart for the game, especially where he was trying to take it, because he was trying to get them up out the game in a legitimate fashion. I get, I get that. I get that part, but still, from you gonna either be loyal or you not. Okay, if you're trying to do something legit, then and I started this out and it's my stuff. I'm gonna need you to, you know, give me heads up on two so I ain't in the dark about nothing. Right. See, certain things Avon was in the dark about, so he looking stupid when he find out because you ain't telling him nothing. Yeah, you know and, 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 that's, and that's where the breakdown came in. Because at that point, you seen them, they went back to bump heads. They bump heads. 
and and kind of yeah, and you and know, now they looking at each other like, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Because you done went and did something that you didn't talk to him about. Right, and then this is one of the things that I have to I have to talk about um, with the situation that's going on in Georgia is uh is it's not it's something we'll get back to within. Uh, the series when we talk about police brutality, but we I'm not going to talk about that part of it right now, but what happened in, in Georgia um, with Ahmad, I, I'm, that's something that I, I have to talk about, and, and we'll get back to the wire, but you know that situation there, you talking about this guy done went 75 days, and he's been dead for that long, and they had the video on day one and people seen that video and nothing was done and thankfully somebody leaked that video out and so now hopefully there can be justice for that man but that's the situation that you know some of the same stuff that was going on in 2002 with the wire is going on today in America yeah the difference is though on the wire is some of that stuff, well, majority of that stuff didn't have anything to do with like the police. They was doing it to each other. That's kind of like the difference of it, you know, with what they were showing. Because a lot of the stuff they showing on here is mostly okay, they might bang one up or whatever, you know, stuff like that. But majority of the stuff that was going on guys on the block was doing that so you know because if you look at the difference of how things changed opposed to when Marlon and Avon was doing it see Avon was just getting money they wasn't they was like taking out witnesses and stuff yeah right but, you know they, they they was you know taking out witnesses and stuff but you got Christian that come in, they taking out people. <laughs> yeah. Putting them in the bill. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> we're going back to uh episode three. The, mm-hmm. the one of the scenes that I, I like about what happened there is you have uh Daniels uh goes into Burrell's office because of what happened the previous night. If you remember, you had three drunk officers, you had Prez you had Herc and Carver that decide they're going to go up in the towers at 2 o'clock in the morning. Right. And then, like, I was getting back to the... uh, Going back to police brutality, uh, you have Prez that hits the kid, 14-year-old, and and the kid loses his eye. Right. Uh, Like, you know, that's a situation that happens so often, and then you hear how Daniels comes to the, to them and says, hey, this is how you're going to handle it, Prez. Now go practice. And it's like, I understand that there's a certain code because these guys are putting their life on the line and, and they gave us a little inside look on how that works, which, which I appreciate that part of it. But at the same time, it's like you think about these situations that's happened over the years with certain individuals and it's like, you know, come on now, this, this ain't right. 
because I mean, you just went in there and you just randomly it hurts a kid. Yeah, I mean, Prez. Prez ain't even supposed to be on the street. He's supposed to be in the office. Exactly, but see, it goes back to the shoot. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't do what they were supposed to do for us. That was concerned because hey, you reported that. Right. Because I mean, somebody could have got hurt. Yeah. But see, exactly. That's what happened when you when you when you cover stuff up like that. Uh huh. you make you you leave more room for more failure for more. You know, negligence for more stuff you do, being irresponsible, you know, putting other people in jeopardy. That's what happens when you keep covering stuff up, then you're making the situation worse and worse, then you don't realize that until somebody I get knocked out. And that's why I go back to, you know, Burrell asked Daniels what, what happened out there. So now what he wants to know what really happened. And Daniels is like, well, <laughs> he's like, I could tell you it's my fault or I could. <laughs> I could go ahead and drop it that it was on them. And of course, Daniels puts it on himself. And then Valchek sits over and says, Oh, that's the one to take one for the company. And he's like, What? He's like, I ain't taking one for no company. He's like, I'm protecting my people. Right. And so it was like, a, like Burrell said with Valchek, it's a necessary evil because he did get some hookups. And then, as you know, later on for season two, if it ain't for Valchek, I mean, we wouldn't have had another, another detail. So I, I just thought that was interesting because, you know, Burrell has that, that file on, on Daniel too, with that dirt that he, how he got that money. Right. So I, I think... One of the main things that I loved about the, this third episode in this first season is is you finally see what Lester is about, not just the little miniatures. Right, because he always so laid back. Yeah, and he heard Kima over there talking about uh, that he was uh, boxing in his youth and got that from one of the CIs. And so Lester yes. knew and... I don't know what kind of car it that is that he had, but I know it had a big old long hood on it. And he got to that uh, boxing gym, and he knew the guy in the gym because he goes in there and, hey, Max, or whatever his name was, hey, what's going on? And so then he comes back, and he's got the picture of Avon. <laughs> But what was funny was when uh when Poke and Mahone went out and came back with their picture of <laughs> their picture of Avon Barksdale. <laughs> you remember that? You know what? I'm I'm trying to think about that. I was on. I was thinking about. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about they, something else. They came. They, 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 they came back with a picture of a, a white guy. And so Kima turns to McNulty and says. Well, maybe he's white. <laughs> yeah, when they were down in the office. Right. Right. Because right, 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 right. they tried to go down and pull the records from the from the terrorists and all that where they live. Of course, they had right. stuff from way back in the fifties, so that's what they pulled from. Right. Because yeah. of course, that probably a name that could be an alias. Ain't no telling. Yeah. 
Because a lot of times in the game, they don't use their real names. Yep. You know, you're going you gonna to use an alias because you out here, they don't want they, they, they ever sell to use their government name. And Lester comes back in and just he just drops the poster on there and walks walks away. And then Kim and McNulty are looking like, what? Wait a second. I thought he was a hump. Mm-mm. Because like I said, that's probably ain't even his name. It's like, oh, Lester, Lester's about something, man. Like, Kima looked at him different like, what? Wait a second. So, yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty cool the way they did that. So, uh... The next, the next scene that had me cracking up, you remember uh, Sidner came in the office looking all raggedy and stuff. He comes in because he's going to go undercover with Bubs and go into the pit and the low rises. Right. And uh, Carver says, oh, look at this low bottom right here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so Kima says, oh, what you think, Bubs? And my man, my man, that's like one of the classic lines he goes up to. And he says, he says, hey, man, he's like, what's this? So he's, he's, you know, he's pointing at his, at the ring on his finger. And he said, he said, nah, man, you, <laughs> you, you married to the needle, boy. Cause you'd have done pawned that, that thing off a of real, <laughs> real dope fiend would have pawned that off a long time ago. Right. <laughs> And then uh, he said, okay. He said, yeah, you're closed. He's like, yeah, okay. You, you could do a little bit more, you know, get yellow your teeth a little bit. He said, let, he said, let me see them shoes. He said, shoes? He said, man, I know these shoes got to be raggedy enough. He said, let me see the bottom. And that's what he's talking about. He, he need to go dance on some uh, some uh, some dead soldiers. <laughs> he said, them vials out there, he need to dance on them have them in the right. bottom of the shoe. They're a little bit too clean. <laughs> and then McNulty <laughs> says, huh? Out here with me, you got to look, you got to look up the fire if you're going out here with me in these streets. <laughs> no, but... I don't wear a head, he got on no cologne, no nothing. Ain't no, you know, some type. Don't even be worried about that when they get up. They just out there trying to get out there and get some. Yeah, McNulty said, Mc, he said, your feelings hurt? He said, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. If, you, if you're going, you got to come correct. Yeah. You got to come correct. Shoot. But yeah, they did their little, uh, the buy bus thing and, and, you know, McNulty said he didn't want a part of it, which I can understand. But th- at the same time, you still got to play on the team. But as you had mentioned earlier, you know, McNulty stayed in trouble. Right. Because he was smart, but he just, and, and, and it was so, he just, his mind kept him doing his job because he was he's smart, for one. Yeah. It's just, he, he's very persistent. And he don't, like I said, he don't listen. You know, he he, he, he do too much. He mean well, but he don't listen. Right. And so that's why he end up in so much trouble. But no matter how many times they tell him he don't supposed to be on that case, he don't supposed to do this. He's still out there walking around, finding out information. You know, you know, helping out. So you know, you can't help but but the love. Yeah, he does. He does tend to grow on you. That's for sure. 
He do what now? He does tend to grow on you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't help it because, I mean, when he come back with the information that he come back with, I mean, what you gonna say, you know? It ain't nothing you can say because, I mean, he pretty much helping the case. And then, you know, the thing about him is he's that guy that's able to kind of get close to certain people on the street because they kind of trust him because how he, how he, you know, how he approach him. Yep. You know, he know he's, he know he's a cop. He know, he, you know, but he don't approach them like so aggressive. You know, he kind of get up on like, he was so easy to get up on like both, you know, and different things and had those conversations with certain ones because of how he approached and it's always something about the approach where you got some on the other hand. Okay, I'm the police. You're going to come and tell me. You're going to come talk to me. But him, he kind of spoon feed it to him. You know, his, his approach, he, he don't he don't jump right in, you know, asking. He kind of butt him up a little bit and then get to the point. Yeah. So it just, it's just how he moved. He just moved different from a lot of the cops. But he still get his job done. So they when they go out there and and they, first of all they 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 going into the wrong place, but we get the first glimpse of somebody that's going to be real important to the show. Do you remember uh, who was sitting in the van, the white van outside the low rise? Yeah, it was. That, it was. That, it was, no that was. That was Omar that was sitting out there with the crew, and they was well, watching. I was gonna tell you, Omar and his Omar and his homeboys, because they was up there just scoping out. They was scoping out everything. That's when they started. That's when it got to the point when he started taking the dope and started making it kind of, you know, hard for Avon because they trying to find out who this person is that's just getting up in this stuff now. And right. you know what? That was one of them, the the parts of it that was kind of like a breakdown for me because how you go from being the, the hardest of all on the streets to being so weak that you ain't got your security set up to avoid stuff like that from happening yeah that's yeah I mean, like you said that's where some of the breakdowns started coming from that's what I'm saying. You, you, if you look at it, you go from one episode where you totally in control of what's going on in the hood or surrounding. You taking out witnesses and you doing this and you doing that. But you get so, you know, lax that you let this guy out of nowhere. You, what your, what's your security doing? Yeah. So that, that, that's when it come in where you looking at Bird and Stinkum and all them, okay, y'all, are y'all really the, the stuff or, or, you know what I'm saying? Because now you got this other dude that just come out of nowhere right. that done punked all y'all. Because yeah. y'all, you, you ain't got no security. My thing is, as big as they were supposed to be, you were supposed to have eyes watching him watch y'all. Right, they didn't have the uh, all the setup that they needed and, and the security what? that they thought they had. Absolutely, you if you gonna do it, you gonna do it. If you finna run something, you gonna run it. And that's where they breakdown was. It was like in certain areas that they was in charge of, they kind of got caught slipping up. 
See what I'm saying? So if you in, if you in control like that, ain't nobody got time to be sitting around. Every part of your your block's gonna be white. Like they got people on top of the building taking pictures. Somebody's job is that making sure you overseeing what's going on in the hood. Who popping up? Who who we ain't used to seeing? Where he come from? You ain't he ain't been around that, so nobody noticed. This guy just popping up. He mm-hmm. just out there. Ain't nobody knows. Right. See what I'm saying? So in the game, you can't get conflict. Nope. You gotta be one step ahead. And so that's how oh my god them because he was already a step ahead from mm-hmm. the jump. Yep. Watching watching they every move, watching a drop off time. You know, you got people sitting on the stool with they hip you know the hip piece and they listen to the radio. You ain't paying attention. And so all it took is one time for somebody to get caught sleeping. And that's when it happened. So the funny, the funniest part, like when they did go in there and and go into the pit to do the bust, and they they don't find anything, but you you have a situation to where you see Kima comes over to help out when when Mahone gets knocked down, and you know Bodie clocks him, and she comes over there and puts that whooping on her. You know you think, oh Kima, nah, she not gonna do that. Nah, she got in on that. And then she, if you hear a mouth, what you doing? You don't get no cock. Right. What you mean? Exactly. You know, that's what she's saying. Exactly. That's why she ended up putting them, putting them feet, them feet on, stomping them out. Cause off the top, that's the cold. You know, you, you don't do that. So the, you know, they do that. they kept saying that, you know, they didn't get anything out of that. But if you remember, Lester was in there, and he did get that phone number, and that was that first phone number that led to a pager. Right. So when they say they really didn't get anything out of it. Well, they didn't get nothing they could show on TV because they were like, we ain't got nothing to show. But Lester was still handling his business. Low key. Wasn't saying too much. Right. Like, just, you know, doing his job, getting information, gathering information. But what they call real police. Yeah. Right. But yeah, that, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, yeah. They, you know, that's crazy. And then another thing. When they were sitting up in that band, that's why I say them off them off brand guys you don't pay attention to. <laughs> they taking notes. You know, dude, they taking notes, you know, they talking, but they taking notes on what time this happened. Who in charge this? Why he going in that building? Right. But you mean to tell me all y'all sitting down there and he right right there watching them. But nobody sees him. Right. Nobody pulls up on the side of him and asks him, uh, can I help you or something? You know, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. When you when you big like that, even though that wasn't a tower, that part of your business where the money flowing, that's where you supposed to really have it on lock because the, the big folks, okay, y'all chilling on the inside. You know, y'all pushing away, y'all buying the product, so ain't nobody gonna really see y'all. Your biggest thing is security outside.